counsel of God's Word suggests that we're in a great conflict on the earth. And the church is the magnificent pillar of truth. It's the assembly, the gathering, where we ratify decisions to advance the cause of Christ. Amen. We're, we're more important than the council meetings. So I've been to council meetings. I used to open them up in prayer. But I'll tell you this. We are more important than two billionaires sitting at a table deciding over a property development in Gosford, we pray. <laughs> Gosford always dragging the line trying to get that place developed. But we are the most important assembly in Sorry, Katrina, I know you were on the Chamber of Commerce. You were the Secretary of Chamber of Commerce. But we are the most important assembly of people, the ecclesia, the ones that are called out to praise Him. The Bible says we, we praise Him and we magnify Him. And, and we, we actually, it says, we declare the manifold wisdom of God into the heavenlies. You know what we've done through that, those songs? We've declared the wisdom of God through those lyrics. We're not just singing Kumbaya here, guys. We're singing declarative, positive, life-transforming, city-transforming, nation-transforming, powerful lyrics that declare the goodness of God. And I hope you did that with gusto. If you didn't, you may be a little bit shy of understanding the power of pun you might need an encounter that's right Jules and uh, because your spoken word is so powerful it is so wonderful if you knew you would use it like that I, I want to use this first if you could just stand just for a few moments I want to just pray through this first part just to speed things up and uh, and the message is called behold the years 5784 is the Hebrew year, and uh, 4 is the number for door, um, and, and now it's 2024, there's another 4, so it's double doors, the doors open at the Word of God, I'll explain that, and I believe this, and it's true, this year, the prophetic voice will bring forth new life, in fact, bring revival and even new youth groups to bear, strengthening the weary soul. I see Aussies coming to the church to have their weary souls blessed and recovered. And then I see even sleepy Christians having the enlargement of their heart, realizing that they can be such an answer and such a wonderful vessel of goodness and, and glory and power being released through them. And then I see the church actually being resurrected, their dry bones, the, the people have just left the church and they've gone to the world. I see a magnificent army arising of those dry bones arising. So I wanna to say to you this morning, welcome to the new year. I trust you had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, break and you're feeling energized because there's so many opportunities before us. And so, Father, 2024, we're looking at, I'm in prayer now, Lord, we appreciate the past, but we look forward into the future with faith. Can you say faith this morning? Lord, our church has enjoyed God's grace in getting us thus far. And we have indeed been faithful with little. God has indeed given us more, but 
to steward in 2024, including your life. I'm talking about stewarding your born-again spirit in 2024. That was for someone right there. Can I say this in prayer? It's going to be a busy year. We're committed to our churches, as Julie mentioned, flourishing and accessing the more of God in 2024. Who can say amen to that? Yes, we've had challenges. And yes, we have had great achievements, three decades of our ministry, but we are continuing to impact the lives and regions, even nations beyond through God's grace and God's provision. Outside these four walls, we are influencing people through the youth group. We'll do that, guys. Can I hear an amen? Hence today, Faith, Hope and Love Church launch out at Forrest Beach, Pastor Andrew and Jill, even family, making space for others to come to experience God. And uh, how did we get this far? This is for someone also. Day by day, can you say this? Day by day, month by month, year by year, godly people have stewarded the gifts, the abilities, the call of God and their resources in their lives to be the church and to reach out in Jesus' name. And the saints say, now listen to me, I'm not done with you there. They are truly, and I declare to those people that give, serve, and are pillars of the church, I believe, they are truly the reflection of the good steward in the parable of the talents of Matthew 25, where those who can demonstrate ability to steward the little and then asked to steward some more. Lord, we want to expand our influence, which we are doing. Please like the Facebook pages of Faith, Hope and Love Church uh, and our church and uh, maybe um, the Instagram account, that's right, Jules, and the YouTube page. Please like that, share it, because these messages are powerful. Now, before you sit down, I love Paul's letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. I'm not going to read it, but there are three examples how to build a legacy. This brings me to a word called legacy. Guy my age thinks about the legacy. Guy my age thinks about when I go to be with Jesus and I give an account for my life. And so that's called legacy. What did you do with your time, your talent, your treasure, and the space you occupied and the faith that you were given? Firstly, in verse 4, you can look at this later if you like. But Father, we thank you in verse 4 that the Scripture says that Paul compares us, our Christian life, to that of a soldier of active service. Wow. Attempting to please his commanding officer. You can give a salute right there to the commander-in-chief, Lord Jesus, if you like. Secondly, in verse 5, he compares our Christian life to that of an athlete in training. I've lost four kilos. I'm on a, this wonderful, I'm not completely fasting, no food like I usually do for 21 days. But Julie's got me on no carbs, no fats, no sweets, no nothing, hardly. And, um, and I, I've got no energy. I mow the front lawn. I can't mow the back lawn. I've got no energy. I'm sorry, darling. It's still one meter high. 
in verse 4, he compares our Christian life to, not really, to that of an athlete devoting hours, months, and years to getting fit for a race or a sporting event. Now, folks, can I tell you, as God's leader of his church, I, I am about keeping fit mentally, spiritually, physically to lead you people on. If I'm going to be a steward of your souls, if I'm doubly accountable before the Lord, when I, that's what the Bible says, I'm doubly accountable to how I lead, lead you, I want to be match fit in these hurdy-gurdy days that we're going into. Amen? I want to be I don't want to be lost in Netflix land. I don't want to be lost in some vain imagination someone's conjured up in Hollywood. I want to be in the, in the narrative of the good news, the kingdom of God, and I want to know what God is saying and doing. So I'm, being as, I'm trying to be as sharp as I can and as agile as I can, and, and I'm trying to reduce my golf handicap too. Um, so I'm a training athlete, devoting hours, months, and years to getting fit for a race or a sporting event. Thirdly, in verse 6, you'll see this. He compares our Christian life to that of a farmer, investing and sowing and putting in the hard work so that there will be a fruitful harvest. Those three examples encourage us to continue to be the church, the people of God, as good stewards, as servants, as servants, and also... Um, good stewards of the Lord reaching out. So Father, we thank you for that, that our legacy is giving, serving, to give you glory in our future days. Listen to me. I am a servant. I am a steward. I am a soldier. I'm a farmer. I'm an athlete. Paul says, I beat my body into submission. And you are a bride, Julie's saying. You are a bride. Now, I'm about protecting the bride. I will speak no ill thoughts about any church. I love the church. I love the church. I'm a defender of the church. And I know this, that if we build his house and speak well of his house and his bride, he will bless our church, Haggai says, amen and bless our bride, and bless our loved ones. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Jules, what am I to do? We're moving along. Uh, uh, I, need to know, I need to move along quickly, I know, but yes. Yeah, I think I will, because it'll help me move along. And So, Father, we thank you for this new year. It's a new dispensation of time every Every uh, year is a new year of, of possibilities and they do mean something in the timeline of God. I haven't got much time left, but I, I do want to just talk about why do we get excited? I, listen, I know people are struggling with the prophetic language that in, in the sense of how we interpret times. But Julie and I and this church, we've always been an apostolic church. That's the full counsel of God's word. And then the prophetic is the heartbeat of God for now. When we say prophetic, it's a word in season for you now. So Pastor Julie, if you come out the front, she will, may get a word for you right here and now that she has heard from the Lord. That's prophetic. 
rhema word is a word that comes to you, a Bible verse that comes to you that is applicable to your situation now. Amen. The Logos is, is, so we're a mixture of the Logos and the Rhema. The Logos word is the established word of God, the established will of God. The prophetic will of God is the revealed will of God. The revealed. So we're trying to get a revealing and um, an unveiling. Revelation means the unveiling. We're trying to get an unveiling of where we're really at in this time and what we are to do in that time, like men of Issachar who knew the times and knew what they should do. Amen? So I'm aware that there are people struggling. And so in saying that, the Lord spoke to me to say this to you, that this year we will try and help you even more to understand of our prophetic lingo. We will try and do that. Some are just coming along for the ride because they just love us and they understand there's life in it. Judge, judge a tree by its fruit, guys. Judge a tree by its fruit. I have the same wife. I have a few beautiful daughters. All love the Lord. Uh, great grandkids. Um, you know, judge a tree by its fruit. Um, and, and there was, in the wilderness, I'm reminded that there was controversy controversy why are we out here why do we live here we could have been eating here so when you get to the promised land it's a done deal and you're happy chappy um, so we do we're talking about the Hebrew calendar and we and just to say that the Hebrew calendar which follows the moon cycle and talks about the covenant, the signs therein within the Hebrew calendar, talks about God and man, God in Israel, but God in the church now, amen? And then the Gregorian calendar, which we all know is 2024, which follows the sun and the messages therein, talks about uh, the messages to the nations. Now, Troy Brewer, uh, take note if you like, Troy Brewer is the key guy about numbers that preach. He has a book out. Troy Brewer, Brewer, B-R-E-W-E-R. He has a book called Numbers That Preach, Understanding God's Mathematical Lingo, I think the Bible says uh, this book is called. And he says, your Bible is God shouting a powerful message of hope and healing. The same author who designed 24,000 miles around the planet also calculated 24 hours around the clock and predetermined 24 elders around the throne says... Does God speak numbers? Does God speak through numbers in numeric value? And he quotes, Yahweh himself considers numbers and counting is very important. And he tells us why we should do that. Psalm 90, verse 12. Tell me if the scripture goes up. So teach us to number our days that we may gain the heart of wisdom. Who wants wisdom? So we spoke about, uh, remember we spoke about 5780, uh, which is the decade of the 80s, a decade symbolized by the Hebrew letter Pei, P-E-Y. Pei is the letter for the number 80, and it simply means mouth. 
So in the 80s, in the decade of the 80s, we're in 85 now, 5785 now, 84 now. Um, in the 80s, I say again, what happened to the church four years ago? As soon as we went into the Hebraic decade of the 80s, what happened to the church? COVID and our mouth was shut down. Do you remember the mask we had to wear? Seemingly, there was a counterattack of us speaking and worshiping. We couldn't even come to church. It was, you know, it was amazing. Um, not. Um, so having a prophetic perspective is important. God is speaking all the time. The question is, are we recognizing his voice when he is speaking? And I hope you are. So some people are seeing 11-11. Uh, they wake up and they see on their clock uh, 11 past 11, or just 11-11. And 11 is the number of transition. Who feels like they've been in transition? The prophetic consensus out there is that We've been in a period of, of transition since COVID. Uh, 11 is, um, 11th hour comes right before the start of a new day. Deuteronomy 11, 11 says, but the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven. So this is God's promise to Israel in Deuteronomy 11, 11 was that when they finally made it to the promised land, they would transition into a season in which they were under God's continual blessing from the beginning of the year to the end. Did you see that? Which drinks these hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven all the time. So 11 is also interesting number to study in the Bible. Uh, while normally it refers to a symbol of transition, it is also associated, get this Jules, with revelation that will help transition us into something new and overdue. So uh, what about this new revelation? Luke 11, 11. Which of, this is Jesus announcing a new revelation. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? So Jesus is releasing new revelation that the Father is not mean and judgmental like portrayed in the Old Testament. So he's giving an example of transitional revelation. That's how good our God is. Which of you fathers, if you ask for a fish, would give him a snake instead? How much more will the Lord bless you? So let's watch God in 2024 for much deeper revelation about who, who he is and our, listen to me, and our calling to love him but love others. Um, so I realize that struggle is there, but we will persist and we will pursue God with prophetic revelation. And Father, I'm just going to pray for you right now. Let the ears and the eyes of everyone here under the inspiration of my voice let their ears be open, their hearts be open, their eyes be open to prophetic revelation in this time in which we live. Now, can I just give you a little bit of um, practical application? Um, three aspects of prophecy. First one, revelation. Revelation is what God is saying. What do you see? What do you sense? Then there is interpretation. What does it mean? It's almost like translating God's language. That's what we're doing through the numbers, maybe. Application, 
What am I supposed to do with it? What is the practical means for this, this, uh, this revelation that we're getting? So it very much does help us interpret the times. And it is about this. It is God intersecting with your life through inspiration, through dreams, through the voice of God, through the Bible. He's intersecting with your life, giving you revelation of something that will make you make you awe and wonder of what God is saying to you. Um, maybe that will allow the Ephesians 5.16, which says, Helping to Redeem the Time, which is another good book by Troy Brewer, uh, again, too. Ephesians 5.16 says, so if you're, if you're um, I, I think I've got it back here, if, if, if life... Uh, he says, without a sense of awe in our relationship in God, we will look to fill our desires with other things. He's talking about if you are bored, if you find yourself bored with your Christian life, it's because you're not plumb. It's not because Jesus said to Peter, upon that revelation, upon revelation, I will build my church. Did you get that? It's upon revelation that we... We lengthen our cords, strengthen our stakes, and, and, and grow our heart fonder and bigger for God. Do you know what I'm saying? So how do you redeem your time from being bored and just doing Kronos time rather than um, Kairos time? Kairos time is divine opportune time. Who sense a divine opportune time right now rather than Kronos time? Kronos time is the bump and grind of life. It's just getting up, having your brekkie, going to work. No, Kairos time is like this. 5.16, Ephesians 5.16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 5.15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most, the most of your time, the NASB says. The NIV says, making the most of every opportunity. Colossians 4.5 expresses something similar means to steward our time to glorify God. Each of us has a limited amount of time on the earth. James 4.14 would emote that, and we are to use it in ways that honor God, Colossians 3.17. Sorry, I'm moving, moving quickly, I know. But I want to say to you this. Behold, the years 5784 and 2024 open doors are before you. It's double doors, guys. And 24, okay, so what's the big deal about 24? 24 talks about priesthood in the Bible. 24 talks about government in the Bible. 24, throne of God. 24, judgment in the New Testament, Jesus, the righteous judge. And 24 times, lamb appears in the New Testament and is associated with Jesus, King Jesus. 24 times says, be watchful. 24 times it says repentance. 24 times it says dunamis is mentioned in the Bible. Some people, in fact, have been looking forward to 2024. And I know a bunch of people that are. Now, Prophet uh, Troy Brewer, he says, God is speaking differently in 2024. Differently, I said. Things, he says, and I'm quoting, things are going to change in 2024, or things can change in 2024. 
And he says, we have to live, Jules, at the altar. We have to live at the altar. And he says, there is so much opportunity to a tremendous upgrade in your life. Who wants that? A tremendous upgrade. Come on, who wants that? Who's never been, who's never been able to pray? Even by themselves. I declare an upgrade. I declare the software of heaven is being, is, is, is being placed in your spirit so that you can't help but pray about every single thing, including your parking space, amen. He says he brought you through Psalm 23, even through the valley. It says Psalm 23 talks about the valley, even in the darkest valley. He was there for you. He was there for you in COVID. But now they're saying in Psalm 24, it's 2024, he's going to be there on the mountaintop, but you have to go and meet him on the mountaintop. He wants you to come up to the mountain. He wants you to have time out and ascend. What does the Bible says in Psalm 24, verse 3? Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. So another prophetic ministry says in, in, in 2023, you experience shaking and shifting, confusion and change, hurt and heartache, weariness and loss. But God has brought you through. You have deeper roots and greater resilience. Say resilience. Who's doing the pause app? Resilience. Ah, you should be doing that. I'm doing it again. Then you, okay, Wild at Heart, John, John um, Eldridge, the pause app. Ask someone about it. Our whole church should know about it and our whole church are doing it, I bet. You have deeper roots. This is what the prof prophet says. You have deeper roots and greater resilience than you realize all of the turbulence and turmoil after all the turbulence and turmoil because you are still standing firm. Say standing firm. Amen. Amen. Why do we stand firm? Because the Bible says 1 Corinthians 4, 16, therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing. Yet with the inward man I am being renewed day by day. I feel like I'm being renewed. If only he would renew my eyesight and my ears and, uh, and some other things. But in perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And the classic scripture that we should know off by heart, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 10 says, but we have the treasure in earthen vessels, just as Julie prayed, Father God in us, we in Father God and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but we have the treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying around in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Now here's our scripture, John 10, 3. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. For your homework, read that whole chapter in John 
Gospel of John, chapter 10. I'll start again. To him, the doorkeeper and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out through open doors. Amen. This is the year of the voice of the doorkeeper calling you. He's calling you to a door. I'll explain a little personal encounter. I had a door I went to. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. I gotta say this scripture again. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Doors, I believe, this is prophetically, I'm, st- I'm, I'm believing this into your life. Doors will begin to appear for many with heavenly encounters and signs showing the way. Borders between new partnering nations, regions, and even churches. Well, that's what's happening to us. We've had doors open to Nairobi, and now in in March, I think, uh, Pastor Garth really wants to be there for about six, eight weeks, and really, there's already four members in Dubai that want our church there in Dubai. They want that. And so they've got four members ready to go. And regions, yes, now we've had a door open into the region of the, of the, uh, the coastline, Forest Beach and beyond. And churches, I believe that doors will be open to partnering churches that understand what the kingdom is doing. Amen. So they're the doors that I'm talking about. And this is what I'd like to say also. God will send forth his word, causing the windows of heaven to open. The winds of revival will come and the army of old will be resurrected with new wineskin as the dry bones arise. His word will instruct us. Vulnerability in defenses may be exploited in 2024. So it is necessary to prepare your defenses before this year. That's why you need resilience in your emotions. Amen? That's what we're talking about, the app called Pause. It'll bring you morning and night to a pause before God where you can reboot your emotional emotional strength in Him. Time to chart new path the final frontier of space truly opens and the battle begins in earnest. Let me have that photo. Doors opening. I think it's me on the beach. Uh, About a year ago, Julie and I unplugged, went on an unpowered campsite, Diamond Head. We love it. No power, no hot showers. We just unplug. Julie's hair gets messy and uh, she doesn't even wear makeup. It's amazing. And um, we love to walk along this 8K beach. And this time I was walking along the beach as I do every day when I'm there. I was praying, but the wind was increasing. The sand was hitting my leg. And I was halfway up the, uh, the beach. It was an isolated beach, no one inside. And I felt the Lord's presence uh, with me. But then it got a bit more intense. And I felt, you know what, I'm a little bit tired. I'll just lay down in the presence. Now, listen to me. You can do this yourself. Um, I thought, no one's around. Um, although you've got to watch for the four-wheel vehicles that come up. And, uh, yeah. 
And uh, so I said, no, no fear, I'm gonna lay down here. And as I did, the wind increased and the sun was glistening, it was on me. And I felt, no, this is good. The presence of God is really here on me. Uh, this is good. No, no, hang on. No, this, this, is, this is more than that. And I really felt over that half an hour or so, I think I went into a place of glory, the glory of God. And, and the, the glory is like the kabod. It's like the weight. I just knew I was given. And what, I, what, what did I get out of that? I felt totally blessed, refreshed, but I got up and immediately I realized that I had been decompressed, that all that compression of COVID, all that four years of, the, of the, all the angst and all the, all the stress and all that stuff, the responsibility of the, leading the church and all that, all of a sudden I felt supernaturally that it had been alleviated. It had been lifted off me. Because I had been reading in some of the journals that uh, psychologists help me, sweetheart, you're a psychologist. They're using a word decompression for people to be able to come up again and sniff the roses basically, come up for air. And, and so I really do feel that supernaturally I'd gone through a door by my own volition, by my own hunger for God, I'd gone through a door and I'd, I'd been relieved of all the, the pressure that was on my soul. Who, who would like that? Who would like that? So Father, we come before you. The other thing was, I believe the Lord was equipping me. I see many in the body of Christ in 2024 entering supernatural equipping encounters. I'm nearly done. Encounters in glory realms and experience. I believe there's glory encounters that you'll have even in your own lounge room, laying on, on your floor in the glory. Just get some of that beautiful ambient music and just, because and God wants to equip you for 2024, amen? He wants to supernaturally. These will be equipping encounters to combat the deep darkness that covers the people that the Bible suggests in Isaiah 60, verse 2. And these encounters will fill us with the light of Christ, the hope of glory, and the glory will shine through us, reflecting our divine union with Him. I won't mention any names in here, but I'm seeing more glory emanating from some people I've already encountered in 2024 in this church and elsewhere. I'm seeing the glory emanating. In this realms, you are armed to take the battle that is raging on earth and take the land previously known as the enemy territory, enemy territory for the kingdom of God. To see the prophetic promises of God spoken over your lives, cities, regions, and nations turn from a battleground into the promised land. Your open doors are before you. Can I have that photo of... of um, Jesus standing at the door. The classic scripture of the door is Revelations 3.20, which talks about he stands at the door and knocks. And in the famous painting, in the famous painting, um, I'm not sure if that is the famous painting. I don't think it is. There is a very famous painting of this scene. And it's obvious, maybe like in this scene, that the handle 
is not on the outside. The handle is on the inside. So it's through your own volition. Revelations 4.1 says, After this I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had heard first speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, come to the altar, and I will show you what must take place after this. But first, repentance, because I have another door scripture for you. And it's about this. Genesis 4.7 says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. So Father, I want to pray for us. Father, if there are certain doors that need to be shut of sin, sin sins of uh, dissension, strife, unbelief, before we can receive the door of blessing, we ask for repentance because the Bible says in Genesis 4, 7, Sin lays at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. The four doors are quickly, and I'm done. Doors are access points. Four doors. One, gates, doors of the city, governmental doors. Look at the story of Nehemiah. The second door I want to talk about, doors to sanctuaries, heavenly realms, divine things. God is opening up the doors to heavenly things. 5784, God is revealing more of himself, more revelation in the last days. Who's loving this? Knowledge will go to and fro, including heavenly divine revelation and knowledge. We are going to connect with heaven like never before. C3 Tugra, amen. Three doors to the private dwelling place of your family and families and the prodigals, family members being saved. Doors are opening for families to be saved right now with family members, reconciliation. Also allow your house to become a habitation. Anoint the doorposts of your house. Ask the Lord to open the doors of your house for godly visitation and habitation. Amen. And the fourth door is the door to the temple treasury. This scripture is amazing. 2 Kings 12 verse 9. These are the doors of finances. Gimel, I won't get into that, but that was last year. And it talks about number three being a, a picture of a rich man. And you can see it by the, uh, the illustration of the letter, the Hebrew letter. It's like a rich man reaching out to a poor man reaching out to a poor man. But we're in four, and it's door, dalet. And this talks about obedience is a key that opens the door. Obedience will unlock the door of blessing and finance. Wealth transfer, time to receive and give back, great time of seeding, time to receive and get back, maybe that means. Um, Remember, obedience is the key element to unlock the blessings of life. Can I have that photo of the blessings, the gates and the man standing? If you're not listening to God and being obedient, humility leads to obedience. So Father, right now we pray that Lord, there are doors before us, doors of repentance, doors of blessings, doors of supernatural encounters. Just stand with me if you could, please. God bless you. Father in heaven, we love you, we praise you, we worship you. We thank you for the opportunities for this year. Now, altars, what's the big deal about altars? Altars is where you're altered. Now, altar is the place between you and God. We pray at the altar 
the priests pray at the altar because we stand before God and you, but people. We come to the altar and pray. I came to the altar with Julie in, in, where was that lovely place? Pendle Hill in a stone church. Now the marvelous thing was, Julie and I, on our day off, went to the um, service center. And when I have a day off, as an introvert, I'm saying to the Lord, um, subconsciously, Lord, I do not want to witness today. That's what I would be saying on my day off as an introvert. We go to the service center, we sit down, and we meet. Where is she? She was sitting there. We meet our friend that's just new to our church. She's with a neighbor. We fire up the conversation with her, but we realize the neighbor is right beside us because she's coming right up to us like this, waiting for our ticket. And um, I realized this poor girl, she's just sitting there. She doesn't know what we're talking about. We're talking about church. And, uh, and I said to the girl, the lady, I should say, I said something. So where, where were you born? Which is a classic opener for me for conversation. Where were you born? Try it on old people. They love it. Oh, I was born in Newtown. Wow, awesome. And, and, but this lady said she was born somewhere. Pendle Hill, and then we said, we were married in Pendle Hill, and she went, oh my Lord, I took my child, so this is the unbelieving neighbor we're talking to, she says, I took my child to a church in Pendle Hill uh, to be christened, and I says, it, it wouldn't have happened to be on the main road, Benelong Road, I think it is, Benelong Road, Benelong the, the Anglican church, stone church that got demolished. It wouldn't, she said, it was exactly that church. That's the church that I took my family to and my kids to. And you know what? The Lord's been speaking to me about having my, God, have you been to church? I said, I haven't been to church for decades. She said, but I've been thinking about getting back to church. Well, she said Pendle Hill. Then our friend said, hey, darling, I'm talking about you. Then you said, hang on, I went to Pendle Hill High School. So already they're having a conversation. We're having a conversation. It's like a house on fire, man. We're just all about this Pendle Hill connection. Well, this lady got blessed. She said she's going to come to church because of the Pendle Hill conversation. The key, the revelation was Pendle Hill. Uh, and the door of salvation opened. Father, this year, we want to recognize doors of evangelistic opportunity. We want to recognize in a nanosecond, some technos love that language, in a nanosecond, that's pretty quick. In a nanosecond, with the checkout girl in the marketplace, a brother and sister, a family member, whoever they are, we want to recognize revelation, a word, a prophetic word. What's the word? What's the word? The prophetic word, Pendle Hill. That doesn't make sense, Lord. That's not a prophetic word. I want to say something like Pastor Julie says, thus saith the Lord, the oracle of God. Pendle Hill, the Lord's going, use Pendle Hill. 
The Bible says in 2 Samuel 14, 14, like water spilled out on the ground that cannot be recovered. He gives ways and means and devices so that no one will perish, that people, in fact, will be recovered. He gives you innovation. He gives you creativity. He gives you inspirational, revelatory revelation, a word in season for your, for your mate at, at work or something. There's some way into their narrative of their life. It's a key word. Mightn't be Pendle Hill. Might be cricket. Might be golf. Might be music. So Father, as we come before you on this altar, I pray people would be equipped. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's Jules, what do you think? Can you come and help me? This is, this is the time where I invite people in the few minutes, the 10 minutes that we have left. Would you do this for me, guys? Would you use this? We want to enter strongly into 2024. The Bible says, Shane, come confidently into 2024. Come confidently to the throne of grace. Just let that spirit build up in your heart. Just lift that music up a little bit. Father God, this year I believe that there will be doors the door that you gave me on that beach, the door that you gave me to witness, the door that you, you gave me to, to break off that debt that I had for so many years, the door that you gave me to heal my body, to heal Julie's body, the door that you gave me, that supernatural door, 